bring the lights up for you. We're going to be in Acts chapter 13. We say a word of welcome to you tonight. Uh, I'm Josh, one of the pastors here at Living Hope. I'm glad you're here with us. Thanks, Hank. Um, Glad that you're here with us tonight uh, for a bunch of reasons Um, and hope that uh, during your time with us tonight, if you're here for the first time, I hope that you feel like you have met with God in a bunch of different ways. And I'm excited about uh, the things that God has for us tonight. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, you picked a really great night. Because uh, we have um, a lot of exciting things happening in this room. And then there's a lot of exciting things going to happen over there. We have a fundraiser that we do each year for our kids going to camp. And uh, this year, we decided to do it uh, to wait until the fall when it was cooler outside. And we missed it by two days, but hey, what are you going to do? So um, it is a, a barbecue chicken dinner, and it is a donation only, like pay what you can, whatever you want kind of situation. So if you don't have money, please stay. You know, if you didn't bring any money with you or whatever, there's no reason to not stay. Anything that goes into the, into the bucket goes to help offset uh, costs for camp that they've already been to. So I don't know if, that's, if the order messes with your mind or not, but just pretend like they're still going to go. But even though they've already been. So that'll be afterwards tonight. And, um, but we have some business to tend to in this room. Because tonight is an exciting night that we have been working toward for, uh, for a while. And uh, when I say a while, in, in some ways, maybe a year and a half or two years. But in other ways, since our b- very beginning in February of 2006, uh, we have been... Uh, we started off on a journey as a church together where Parkview Baptist um, recognized that God was doing something among us, and uh, we had a desire to plant a church, and they said, we, we see it, we agree with you, uh, with our blessing, go and start this new work in the city. And so that's where we began in February of 2006, and uh, tonight we, we take another step toward doing that very same thing for another group of people that comes from among us. And so, uh, not to like draw out the timeline super, super far, but there's a, like this is a, um, a moment that John Piper calls an Antioch moment. We'll talk about that in a second. But when, this, when this, new, this new work begins that God has dreamed up, God has put people in place, and there comes a point where it's, it's time to make it official. And that's what we do tonight. It's always been important to us that we be a church that plants other churches. Uh, we were planted um, by Parkview, and it's always been important from the beginning that at some point we would be a part of starting a new work somewhere. Uh, we just didn't really know where. And so a couple years ago, uh, we've been, uh, we had been talking about that, and always, it had always kind of been on the radar, but it wasn't very specific. And the, the truth is we were kind of in a place where we were starting to realize, like, man, our church is really spread out, like around the around the parish, like a, a, around the really the surrounding parishes. If you look at where we live on on maps, it's just kind of all over the place, and um, that was not a problem necessarily. It was just something that was like an interesting thing we started to watch. And then uh, people started having kids, and it's like, man, now that people are having kids, uh, you know, the ones in, who are like young adults and college students who are like Sunday night service till we die, you know. 
And then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's very different now that we have little ones who don't care about schedules and time and stuff like that. Uh, they have their own thing, and they tend to drive you know, the family. Uh, you know, like they like determine everything for the family. And so it, it has become increasingly difficult over the last couple of years as we have more and more young children to do a night service in the city. You know, pretty much everyone is driving in and everyone's commuting in. And it's just, it has become something where we're like, man, uh, how are we going to reach more people if where we meet and when we meet is such an obstacle? And I I personally just got to a point where I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what to do with that. You know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I can't, we can't force our way into a different situation. And so just began to pray and talk and think. And um, it was one of the summers when, uh, in our community groups, the elders and staff would rotate around spending time with each group. And I was with the Zachary community group and we were talking about, you know, the, the challenges that are there. And I heard that in every group I went to, you know, and um, I was just like, you know, and this has been in the back of my head. And I talked about it here and there. I was like, we ought to just really just take you guys to start a new church up here. And um, that kind of went on. And then like a little while later, people were like, hey, were you serious about that? Because we can't get it out of our heads. And that just kind of led to more conversations and praying. And we had a meeting with, with that community group. And we said, okay, here, here is everything that it would take for this to become a reality. And that set us on a journey that has gotten us to this point. Um, we've spent the, uh, well over a year training and testing this group of people uh, about starting a church and what it would require and, and uh, counting the cost of planting and also counting the cost of not planting. You know, sometimes we forget about the other side of that. And, uh, and praying and trying things and, and that kind of stuff. And we're at a point now where it's time. Like the group is ready. And we, we as Living Hope Fellowship, essentially tonight would become like the mama church. And they would become the baby church. And uh, they would still be, still be ours. Okay? This is not a... This is not like a like good luck, you know, kind of thing. This is uh, this is like uh, I equate it to like a family, like the the when the oldest in the family, oldest kid graduates and wants to move out, but they just move to a like, garage apartment for a little while. Like that's kind of what this next stage would be. Is like all right, so there's some, there's independence there, there's all kind of stuff, but you're still under our covering. You're still a part of us. You're still a part of our covenant. So your membership is still with us. Your pastors are still your pastors. Your staff is still your staff. Your leaders are still your leaders. All that stuff is happening, but we want to give you and commission you and, and empower you to go with a level of independence that is going to allow you to, uh, to establish yourself and to see what God has at this next stage that you can't have until we have this moment that we have tonight where we commission them. And this is not something we just made up. This comes from Acts 13, and that's why I want to spend a few minutes just talking about this really quickly. This is, you know, in, in Acts chapter 1, uh, there's this, uh, this plan for the gospel that's laid out in verse 8. Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the book of Acts just basically... Uh, shows how that one verse comes to fruition. So it starts off their ministry in Jerusalem and in that city, and it spreads regionally into all those parts of, uh, of Israel that we you know, are familiar with. And then Acts 13 is where the last part of the verse, like the ends of the earth, is where it begins. And um, so that's kind of what's going on here. Let me just read the passage. 
verse thir- starting in verse 1 of chapter 13. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, uh, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, M- Manon, a member of the uh, court of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, quote, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Unquote. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. Now you can keep reading, and it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting story when you start to think about it. This is the first time the gospel broke outside of, of that region. With Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and this is the beginning of to the ends of the earth, which brings us to this room right now. This is where, in some ways, where our story as non-Jews, uh, this is where this began for us. Um, and if you notice, in, in verse 2... So you have this church that's gathered together. It says, while they were worshiping, and f- worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Spirit told them this. So this all began because they were in a room and they were just paying attention to God. They were focused together. They were worshiping, they were fasting, they were doing what the church does. They were gathered and they were focused on Him, they were paying attention. And the Spirit spoke. Now... Um, well, I'll come back to that. Uh, the Spirit spoke, and then uh, he said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. This was not Saul and Barnabas like coming up with this plan. This was the Spirit was like, Hey, I have, I have this in mind. Um, I have uh, some work for them, and they need to be set apart from you in order to do it. Like they, they, need, they need to go, because I, I have a plan for them. And a part of that plan is that they leave. A part of that plan is that you lose them. You lose their gifts. You lose everything that they bring to the table. They lose what you bring to the table. There is a setting apart that needs to happen. And I'm in it. Which means that it's good. But it needs, it needs to happen. I have work for them to do. Then, verse 3. says, Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, so they took some time to test it. You ever feel like God's telling you something and you're like, I don't know if that was like me. Because that voice, it sounded like a lot like my voice. And, and I know there's lots of, of different approaches to how God speaks and leads us and different things. And um, sometimes, you know, it's, people, it, it's hard to know what to do when someone's like, yeah, God told me this. And so what they did was they're like, okay, that's cool. Let's pray and fast before we make any decisions. And so they prayed and they, and they fasted. And at the end of a time of testing, uh, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Then it says that they went. After they prayed and they tested, and they're like, okay, we, we believe that, that God's in this. We believe that God is, like, that you have gifts and you have all of, like, this, this is a good thing. God is in this. Um, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. Go and be obedient. They went and they were obedient. And your spiritual heritage, if you're a Christian, your spiritual heritage can be traced all the way back to this moment. 
This is, please, this is when the gospel started making its way to your life. Here. It's amazing. They're paying attention to God. God says, hey, take these gifted people, set them apart, I have something for them to do. They're going to they're gonna start, the, they're going to be the first domino that goes to the ends of the earth. You need to set them apart so they can go do this. Everyone else is going to stay here and stay faithful to what I've called you to. This is, and so they, because the group was like, hey, we believe God's in this. We, we've tested it. You need to go. They said, yes, we need to go. You need to go and be obedient. They said, we want to go and be obedient. And then it says in the very next verses, and they went. And they were obedient. And then yada, 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 we're here tonight. This is a massive thing. This is a beautiful picture of what God does with his people. That he knew how to get the gospel to you. He knew how to communicate to this church. He knew how to confirm that it was him. He knew who he wanted to go. He knew who he wanted to stay. He knew everything that needed to happen. All he needed was people who were willing to pay attention to him, test what was happening through prayer and fasting, and then have the courage to say, yes, let's follow him. So Parkview did that for us, and here we are, ready to do that again. And so the storyline, if we were to to say, hey, how similar is this, what we see here in Acts 13, to what we're doing now, I would say that it's very, very close. That there was dialogue of asking, "Is, is God doing this? Is God doing this? And there was prayer, and there was fasting, and there was testing we want to confirm it, we want to confirm it. That there was training and there was uh, ups and downs and there have been people who have come in and people who have gone out and God has strategically moved everything around because that's what he does for his church. Somehow the gospel found its way to you in, your, in, your, the, in the story of your life. And there are people who God has in mind that a part of getting the gospel to them is us setting this group apart and letting them go and do their thing. There are people whose spiritual heritage story will involve tonight, whether they know it or not. And so we are a part of this continuing forward. We're a part of the church doing what the church does, which is continuing to reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. And so this is a major moment for us. Um, it's one that I, I have not really been able to wrap my mind around. Um, but it doesn't mean, I don't have, believe me, you're not waiting for that to happen. Uh, this is, this is a, a good thing, and it's been amazing uh, to be a part of in small ways um, up until this point. So I want us to all be able to really embrace the fact that, uh, that this is what God does. That he knows what he's doing with his church. And even, even though the church's history is not exactly pristine as a whole, um, if we will pay attention to him and we will listen, he will guide us. And he will confirm it. And sometimes the timeline is slower than we want it to be. And sometimes it's much faster than we're comfortable with. But if we'll just let him do his thing, uh, he gets it done in the, in the most beautiful and perfect ways. And that kind of brings us to this point. Now I want to... I want to bring up uh, the lead team. So if Joel and Matt and Justin could come and join me. Um, one of the things that 
One of the things that happened in that very first, not the time when I kind of off the cuff mentioned it, but once the, the discussions and, and uh, everything got to be, y'all come on up here. Uh, one, once we started talking a little bit more, we're like, okay, let's, let's have a meeting. So our elders and staff went out and met with the whole group and just really just tried to tell them, like, hey, this is, um, this is what it's going to take. I'll come over on this side a little bit. <laughs> Unless y'all want to sing. Y'all want to sing? Matt said sure. So uh, a part of that meeting was um, we told him, hey, this, in order for this to work, here's a couple of things that would need to happen. And one of them was that the, was that the men would really have to lead. And that was not saying that the, that the women had to like, back down. It was saying that, that like, in a healthy church, men are, men are like, using their gifts and giving leadership to the church. And it wasn't really about the women as much as it was the men, like calling the men to more. And um, we had a very honest discussion that day. and said, if that, if that doesn't happen, then this, this is not going to be a healthy system. We've never seen a healthy church where the, where, where the men were passive. You see a healthy church, the men are actively being who God made them to be. Uh, and so uh, that challenge was put out there. And once we got into the testing and training season... Um, you could watch all the men in the group uh, say yes to Jesus over and over and over again. And, which is not to say that they weren't saying yes before. But when, when, when this was put on the table, they said yes to it. And I think that a lot of why we are here is because uh, the men and women have both like, looked at how God made them and said, I, like, we're going to commit to this and we're going to follow him forward. And so... These three guys, well, I'll say it this way. It came came point where I was like, okay, we're making, we can't make decisions in this bigger group anymore. We need to have a lead team that we put together. Um, and so I asked everyone in the group to just email me separately. Who, who, like, what men would you want on this lead team? And the, it was like, they all just nominated each other. It was like so equal across the board because there was so much, uh, there's been so much camaraderie and goodness that was there. And, uh, but this, these three guys have been the ones that I've met with probably every other week for a while. And they have done, uh, they have done everything that has been asked of them uh, to lead this forward. And they have given the leadership to their, to their people and their families in really awesome ways. And so uh, Joel's going to kind of speak on their behalf. But I want you to be able to hear directly from them so it's not just me being like, trust me, guys, this is all really good. So how do y'all clap for these dudes? Um, it's really difficult to kind of summarize what's been going on the past two years with uh, the Zachary group. Um, we were a community group for a, a, a while, and um, I feel like we're a pretty good community group. And God kind of like just put this calling on our hearts, something that we couldn't shake and something that uh, was very scary for all of us. Um, I think when Josh said, you know, we put this on the table and then once something was put on the table for us, it was kind of, it was very difficult to say no. So we had to ask ourselves, like, does our faith, does what we believe in, uh, does it, is it really that important for us, to us? And is it important to the other people in the group? Because we really had to be put in a situation where we would uh, need to trust each other. And it's only through God and the Holy Spirit just guiding us every step of the way. And then when, when like Josh said, you know, put that on the table, like, you could just see God work in each person's life. 
um, in, in really reassuring ways. And I think that's where he kind of taught us the most is each and every step like God provided us. And then we just see God working in all our lives and the spiritual giftings coming out in each other. And we just kind of morphed from a community group and took a lot of steps to get to where I feel like we are today. And I think it's something that y'all need to know that y'all would be very, very proud of this. We've got, um, you know, Josh talked about the men leadership. You know, the way we make things work on Sundays is uh, one person goes on Saturday night to set the air conditioner. That's Justin. And sometimes he usually sets up everything, too, on a Saturday night. So it's cool on Sunday morning. And an hour before the service, three other guys come and start to set up. And then 30 minutes before the service, the worship team gets there. They start to, like, tune everything up, whatever the worship people do. They're, they're amazing. And then we've got, you know, Whitney, who's done an amazing job just coordinating child care, which some of y'all know it's like a week-long event, and just trying to get people to come help. And we've got, you know, the women who are uh, doing amazing, like leading each other, supporting each other. They do, we do a Bible study uh, every so we have Bible studies going, the women meet one week, and then the men meet the next week, the women meet one week, the men meet the next week. That, that's going on. And um, just all the, the women who have done a great job, like, setting up the child care and stuff, which is a task because we have more kids than adults. But it is, I think, something that y'all would, like, if y'all were to come to, y'all would be very proud of. And um, I'm, I'm impressed by it. I don't think, like, it was a very scary thing to be kind of, like, you know, this placed on your heart and what would happen and it's been so reassuring to me and it's something that I'm proud of and I think that I'm just proud of everyone else in the group and what they've done so we've really morphed into just a a community group and now like I would say you know a small church plant that is great and we've got three new families that have just started to come in to try and expand the core group and I think to talk about everyone's heart in the group is, is just something that a lot of us, we just were so passionate about it. Um, Josh said, counting the cost of not planning. That was just something that we couldn't do. Like, it was scary, and it didn't make a logical sense for our lives at the time, for a lot of us, but it was something we couldn't say no to because of how much, how much of a heart we have for the people we know in Zachary, that we, we know so many people there that really are not connected with church, are loosely connected with church, are far off. And we just, uh, we just asked ourselves, you know, what's amazing about Living Hope? If something like that was in Zachary with all the other churches, would that be a game changer for a lot of people in their lives? And I think yes. And so in taking these steps, we've been able to see the Lord work in ways that he just surprised us over and over again. And we learn so much about ourselves and just see so many people just walk on their face stronger and stronger. And people are leading community group, I mean, leading Bible studies that haven't led before. We've got five men who lead, rotate leading prayers on Sundays, guided prayers, which is amazing. Um, I just, uh, that's the best I can do to sum it up is it's been a whirlwind and it's only through God that we've done this. And I'm so confident in all our nine families that are here every Sunday and all throughout the week and meeting with each other and going into the word. And, you know, I feel like we are finally at a place now where we're kind of like chomping at a bit, at a bit to open up and there's more steps to take, but we are, we really want to just start to invite those that are on our hearts, the community, and just come to see them to know the, know the Lord and to, to walk with the Lord and to uh, live a life of community that we've seen the fruits of and that we're excited that hopefully other people will come in and uh, really their lives will be changed because of it. Um, that's about all I have. 
Yeah, real quick. Um, I wasn't planning on talking, <laughs> but uh, I, I just feel like this needs to be said. Um, there's no doubt that the Lord called us to what we're doing there. Um, that's been confirmed over and over. Um, but I just feel like we need to, uh, we would not be where we were if it wasn't for the leadership of Josh, the elders, and Meg, and this whole church body praying for us. Um, so I just wanted to publicly say thank you to you guys. Um, it, they're there uh, basically every week with us, and it's been huge for us. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. My pleasure. Thanks. Uh, I just wanted you all to hear from them. Uh, so, so what we do tonight is, if you look again at verse 3, it says, Then after fasting and praying, they led their hands on them and sent them off. So what happens tonight is we've, we've spent over a year and a half... <laughs> During the first part of that verse, uh, it began with that meeting. We had a, uh, a living hope, like a 30 days of prayer for living hope. We, asked, we invited everyone in. I talked about the same passage of scripture, invited everyone to pray. Um, we began to make a plan. The flood happened. And then right, I mean, a couple weeks after the flood happened, we started meeting. And it's been every Sunday morning of training and testing, essentially doing, doing what the fasting and praying in verse 3 was, was designed to produce. And now we're at a point where we want to lay hands on them and send them out. Um, and so what we're going to do, though, is we're going we're gonna to sing and we're going to celebrate communion together uh, before we do that. So um, just, and just to be very clear, uh, this, is not a, this is not a parting of the ways, but it is a, it is a change of relationship that is significant. Um, and, and so when we take communion together and, and sing, we need to recognize that that uh, after we do the commissioning, in some ways our relationship to this group is the same, and in some ways it's a little bit different. Uh, it is not the same as when you constitute. When you constitute, that is when a mission church has, it's, has established itself. It's, it's uh, completely self-sustaining. All the leadership's in place. They're trained. They're ready. That's the moment when you're like, okay, now we're two separate churches. Uh, that's not what tonight is about. But what better way to... Uh, what, what better thing to do before the relationship changes in the commissioning than to celebrate what has brought us to, together in the first place, which is what Jesus has done. And so what I would like for us to keep in mind in, in these next few moments as we sing and as we take communion and as we, as we prepare to commission this group is the fact that the gospel found you. Like God made his way to you. Whether your starting point in your mind, I mean, you can go back to Genesis, you can go to Jesus, you could go to Acts 13, you can go to all these different points. God found a way to make sure that you knew the truth. And when the church says yes, it means that we're saying yes to more people finding out the truth. Someone said yes to you, and you will, tonight we say yes to others, people that we don't even know. Um, to be a part of starting this new work in, uh, in this city with people that we love and trust being a part of that core. Um, and so as we receive communion, if we can do so, just, just kind of being amazed that God, like uh, how he leads his church and leads the gospel, uh, that is, is at the forefront of our minds. 
So let's stand together. Taylor is going to be serving communion tonight. And let, let's just begin. How about you? Let's make this personal for a second. And why don't you just think about, think about how the gospel came to you at all. I mean, when, when did you realize that Jesus was saying yes to you? And when did you say yes to him? And how did that, just think about those people the people that God used to bring it to you. And think about the heritage. Think about the plan of God unfolding because He wanted you to know. And not in a self-centered way, but in a really Christ-exalting way. Let's just think about that before we get ready to sing together. Father, we know that none of us, uh, none of us brought the gospel to ourselves. You brought it to us, whether it was through creation or through the scriptures or through uh, one of your saints telling us what you have to say to us through creation and through the scriptures. Um, you found your way. You found a way to get the gospel to us, and we would not be here other, otherwise. And so as we respond, as we receive communion from you, as we sing, as we stand in line with other people who, who have the same story, but kind of the different, kind of a different story at the same time, um, may we just exalt you and just kind of be in awe of the goodness with which you, uh, with which you, uh, just the way that you love us is amazing. May we, uh, may we receive the body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ poured out for us in it, with humble hearts that are grateful. May this be a celebration of all that you have done. We love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, the table is open. You can come as you are ready, and uh, let's celebrate God together.